2: Vinny and Haney, two opposites attracted by a paycheck. 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The
0: Fan. Total to request Thursday. Pick the songs. 410-583-1057 is the number. We'll play them. Send your request. plus for Tax line. Get your votes in. Featured on Friday. That reveal coming up at 145 or so. Ravens, three-point dogs at Cleveland. Well, the dog pound. How about that for an unintentional pun? Joining us now to talk about that matchup in Cleveland through three games from brownzone.com. He's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Let's welcome back to the show Scott Petrack. Scott, good morning. Thanks for joining us again here in Baltimore.
3: Sure thing. How are you guys doing? Good, Scott.
0: Doing all right. Three games in, and you look at the uh, Browns defensively rated high in pretty much every statistical category, including... Total defense where they're ranked number one and, and granted they didn't go up against the, you know, the eighty one Chargers or the ninety or the 87 49ers whatever it is, but how good is this Browns defense and have they even
3: hit their stride just yet? They're good. Um, you know, I think the only thing that's missing is they don't have a bunch of turnovers. They got two takeaways in the first quarter against the Steelers, and that's it. So you just feel like there's even more room for it to grow, and, you know, I I think you're right about who they faced, right? Burrow wasn't at his best week one. The weather was bad. They got Kenny Pickett and Steelers, and then they got the Titans um, last week.
1: But they
3: have a lot of talent up front. I mean, Miles Garrett's Miles Garrett. He's playing at a really high level. He's surrounded by more talent than he has been. And then their back end's really good. They have three corners that they can trust to play man-to-man, if not more than that. And I think if you have that combination, you can be really
2: good. Hey, Scott, do you trust Martin Emerson? Because that's who Tennessee went after a deep a bunch.
3: Yeah, I mean, he held up pretty good. He gave up one deep ball to Hopkins, which Hopkins made a really good catch on. Um, you know, he's in his second year. He, he impressed a lot of people as a rookie. Um, I, I do. I think you have to be careful about the matchups. I don't know if I like him against, say, Flowers, right, because they're different body types. Emerson's a big guy. He's more physical. Um, so I think you had to be careful about that. But, yeah, if you got him – against a guy that doesn't have, you know, elite quickness, I I think he can hold up.
2: Now, Scott, when I look at, you know, watching the film of the run game, you know, with Ford in there, it's a totally different run game. I mean, with Chubb, he's a special back, and I think everybody, and he makes runs that most people can't. And I think it showed up, the difference between Chubb and Ford, you know, this past game.
3: Yeah, I do too. Now, there's obviously going to be a drop-off, right? I think Nick Chubb's the best pure runner in the league, so – Whoever's replacing him is going to be a drop-off. Having said that, you know I think there's going to be an adjustment period in growing pains making the shift from Chubb to Ford and then Kareem Hunt's back. And I think that's a tough matchup. The Titans are really good up front. So I think that had a lot to do with the, the struggles of the Browns run game. I think it'll be better. I don't think it'll be ever to the Nick Chubb level, but I do think it'll be better as the season goes on. Um, But they have to make adjustments. You know, if it's third and one, you can't just count on handing it off to Nick Chubb, right? you got to figure out a way. Maybe it's more passes, maybe it's more short passes, and I think we saw some of that against the Titans.
2: What have you seen in the growth of Watson? I thought, you know, I mean, his arm strength threw the deep ball pretty well on Sunday.
3: Yeah, you know, he needed that game against the Titans because he had not played particularly well, right? We know about the six games to finish last year, Mm -hmm. even the two to start this year. Um, and that was good for him. He was more accurate, He you know, completed 82%, and he had been about 55%, and that was a big concern. Um, you're right about the deep ball. They hadn't connected on a bunch of those. He hit Cooper um, for a touchdown. He hit Ford for a 19-yard touchdown. Now, those guys were wide open, um, but he also made a couple really good throws on fade routes down the sideline, why Cooper won to Dobbin Peoples-Jones. So from a bronze perspective, you're just hoping that that was, a sign of things to come. Right. But I think we need to see more consistency before we're ready to say, you know, Watson's back to being the guy he was.
2: How's the how's Darius playing? I mean, he's got five tackles, yeah. no sacks, you know, and they move him around. They move him and, you know, and um, Garrett. Garrett around a lot.
3: Yeah, they do. They You know, when they go um, in the nickel, they use Zedarius Smith a lot on the inside. They mm-hmm. think that's what one of the things he does really well. Yep. Uh, I think he's off to a good start. I mean, you know, he's affecting what Miles Garrett can do. He could have had a sack, easily had a sack in the fourth quarter against the Titans. He just missed it and Garrett wound up getting it. Um so I think his presence has been felt and you know I would expect him to have a little extra juice going back to Baltimore, you know, going against Baltimore again.
2: Talk to me a little bit about what's the crowd gonna be like, at least to start the game. And it just seems <laughs> like that the defense, especially at home, extremely, extremely confident, cocky, arrogant, whatever you want to say about them, that's what they look like, you know, at home. Well, yeah, I mean, I think
3: they, you know, they were good on the road too against Pittsburgh on Monday night. I mean, they only let up one touchdown. They've only let up one touchdown all year. There's a, you know, slant that George Pickens got and he ran away from everybody. So they play with a lot of energy, a lot of, a lot of passion, a lot of swagger, like they like to say. You know, Jim Schwartz, the coordinator, is the start of that. You know, he puts he kind of embeds that in guys. He wants that out of everybody. He preaches that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to come out fired up. The crowd, you know, I thought last week the crowd had a chance to be a little subdued because of the loss to Pittsburgh the week before, the loss of Nick Chubb. But the Browns got off to a good start. The crowd got into it. There's no reason they won't be fired up this week.
0: Scott Petrack joining us, brownzone.com. Vinny and Haney, Sub of the fan here on this Total Request. Thursday, Cleveland, three-point favorites over the Ravens. Coming up Sunday there. All right, you got Cincinnati. You saw Pittsburgh. You get to see the Ravens here on Sunday yeah. at 1 o'clock. Your early impressions, and we stress early, Scott, of the AFC North, a division that a lot of people, Nate Davis, for instance, USA Today, had every team winning 10 games, at least during his preseason predictions. Your impressions are what right now?
3: Yeah, I mean, I thought going into the season, everybody in the division would have a winning record, which is really tough to do. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's got two wins, even though I don't think they played particularly well. I think Cincinnati will figure it out, but the borough issues... Um, obviously, it hampered them early and could continue to hamper them. You know, I think when the Ravens get healthy, they're going to be good. Like I think, I think it's going to be a three-team race. I kind of feel like Pittsburgh's a step below, but you know, if you're winning this with 11 wins and you finish with nine wins, you're probably going to be in it all year. So it's a really good division. And from you know a Cleveland perspective, I think the Browns are going to be in it. I think the defense is that good that it'll keep them in every game or just about every game. And as long as Watson makes a couple of plays and doesn't kill him with turnovers, which is why they lost in Pittsburgh, they got a chance to win a bunch of games.
2: Talk to me about the two offensive tackles, because I see that as a big weakness for them in pass protection. Yeah, you
3: know what? I think Jed Riddles, the left tackle, gets a little bit of a bad rap. I mean, he's not great, and he does struggle to finish some plays. Right, That's been a consistent theme with him. But if you watch him every snap, which I do, I go back and watch the game, and I focus on him. Like he, he plays well for, uh, you know, for ninety-five percent of the plays, he'll have a misstep here or there. But you know, it happens when you're the left tackle. He's not elite, but I think he's above average in this league. Um, now you just can't give up the big sack at the big moment, like he did to Highsmith on Monday night. It cost him the game with that strip sack, return for a touchdown. On the other side, they lose Jack Conklin, the two-time All-Pro mm-hmm. at right tackle in Week One. Dewan Jones, the rookie out of Ohio State, has played pretty well in his. In in you know in place of Conklin, huge guy six eight three seventy five, he's good in pass protection. Where he struggles a little bit is in the run game. Um, you know the fits and getting where he needs to get. Um, you know obviously it's a tough matchup with Clowney. I think Clowney's been really active in the two games that I watched from the Ravens, so that's going to be a key matchup. But like that, I I think the Browns' protection is pretty good, and I think those stackers are okay.
0: All right, Scott, last thing for you. I don't know where you are in regards to making predictions, but uh, how do you see things unfolding starting at 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon at Brown Stadium?
3: It feels to me like another grinded-out game. You know, Baltimore usually could have beaten the Colts, right? And I thought they played pretty well, but then they had a bunch of mistakes. It cost them big, obviously, the turnovers. Um, I expect another close game, but I think the Browns pull it out and win 24-20.
0: Scott Petrack, BrownZone.com. Scott, we appreciate your time as always. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and we'll talk to you down thanks, the road Scott. here.
3: Hey, thanks, guys.
0: There he is, Scott Petrack. It's Vinny at Haney, 1057. The fan will come back. We'll whip around what happened in the world of sports last night. Big trade, in the NBA. Mel Tucker is officially out at Michigan State. And what happened historically? Hey, one Orioles team clinched a playoff spot on this day. We'll
1: talk about that more here on The Fan.
2: By Fox Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes. The best crab cakes in Harford County. 1057
0: fan Time for the whip around here on this Total Request Thursday. You pick the songs at 410 583 1057. We'll play them. Nolan McGraw is waiting for you. Plaza for text line. Get your votes in. Featured Artist Friday. Real quick, we have talked with Damon Evans last hour. Maryland hosting Indiana Saturday. You can hear that game on 105.7 The Fan. It's on Big Ten Network, 330 kick. Terps 4-0, trying to get to 5-0 for the first time since 2001. Ralph Friedman's first year where Maryland would win the ACC championship, go 11-1 in the regular season, make it all the way to the Orange Bowl where they would lose to Florida. Terps 14.5-point favorites in that one. We'll break it down tomorrow with Keith Cavanaugh, of course. Terrapintimes.com. Mel Tucker gone, officially in Michigan State, but I don't think the story is gone anytime
2: soon. I imagine there'll be a few appeals, and he's going to go fight for that $80 million.
0: And there's no, we'll give you half to walk away. They're like, you'll have nothing and like it. Right. From Caddyshack. But Mel, Tiker, uh, Mel Tucker, not only does he lose his job, but I guess his reputation is irreparably
2: damaged yeah, And here? I think his wife left, you know? So, yeah, he's he... uh he lost a lot.
0: Damian Lillard. Now, there was a talk a couple of days ago. He was going to get traded to Toronto, where they were the leaders, air quotes, for his services. Well, he goes to Milwaukee. Zany thing is trade stuff. Remember, he would only go to Miami, and he'd pout and whine if he didn't get his way. And, and NBA's like, no, you will under contract. Go to wherever the hell you're traded to, and you're mm-hmm. going to do what you got to do. But it's a moot point because he's going to uh, Milwaukee, Now, Portland's a three-team deal. Drew Holiday goes to Portland along with DeAndre Ayton, and then Kamara, the kid from Dayton, who they picked this year. Now, is saying that Holiday's not staying in Portland. They're going to trade him because they just drafted Scoot Henderson. So, Drew Holiday, who's a fabulous player in his own right, is going to be available last year of his deal. Portland, or Phoenix, who's part of the three-team, they get Nurkic, Nurk alert. Grayson Allen, Nazir Little, and Keon Johnson. So Phoenix, they have over. This was a team that was in the finals a couple years ago, yep. and they, basically, aside from Booker, have overhauled the entire team for the most part. And Nurkic's a really good player. He gets hurt a lot, but he can play. But that's all about Durant and Booker. Yeah, in Phoenix. So, Dame Lillard goes to the Bucks, They automatically ascend to number one betting odds to win the NBA championship. And look, Intenta basically said, I want to be a buck for life, but if they're not committed to winning, then I'm going to pursue other options. You know, a year ago, I think he was like, I'm never leaving. This is right. It, it, whatever. You know, people want to win. We get it. Well, I guess this is commitment to winning. Yeah, and he's and got Dame a Lillard's, on his contract, right? Well, he can get that super terrific, Max. <laughs> I mean, there's the, the, the NBA, you talk about complicated s- contracts in the NFL. The NBA, no idea what any of this means. By the way, there were some draft picks thrown in there, too, as well. So Dame Lillard going to Milwaukee, believe it or not, <laughs> what's it, media day and practice start? I mean, the Caps play tonight in the preseason game. Yeah. I mean, it's all got. It, what? Are you kidding me? I was just swimming into Wildwood, it seems. No, we're talking hockey and NBA. And college basketballs, we just talked about with Damon.
2: Bob, you know what Saturday is? October.
0: When's uh, the clocks go back? (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, we got uh, Halloween coming up, which is great for me because I get to slam three Musketeers and Snickers that I don't really want, but I'll buy 15 bags of anyway. But we digress, of course whip around. 1974 Memorial Stadium. Orioles taking on the Brewers. Boog Powell went yard. Paul Blair, Don Baylor, two ribbies each. Mike Quayar throws a six-hitter. Orioles win 7-1. Quayar's 22nd win of the year. Orioles will be clinching the AL East in a couple of days. Lose to the A's and four in the ALCS. 1996 Skydome, as it was called. Today, September 28th, by the way. Orioles beat the Blue Jays 3 2 in 10 innings. A lot of layers to this one. The day before, Roberto Alomar spit in John Hersbeck's face.
2: I remember that.
0: Right in his face, and then said he sucked because his son passed away. So not only did he spit in his face, he kind of doubled down. Damn. And then the next day, he became the number one villain in sports, and rightfully so. You don't spit. So I'd rather somebody punch me in the face than spit in my face. Anyway, the next day, Mike Messina going for 20 wins. He had 19. Armando Benitez gives up a home run to Ed Sprague to tie it in the bottom of the ninth. So he blows the save, and Messina doesn't win 20. As matter of fact, Messina wouldn't win 20 to his final season with the Yankees 15 years ago. This was 27 years ago. But then guess who hit the game-winning home run in the top of the ninth for the Orioles? Roberto Alomar. Randy Myers gets the win 4-4. Four and four. But the Orioles clinch the American League wild card. With that win, they would upset the Indians in the playoffs and then lose to the Yankees. And we'll get into the Jeffrey Mayer stuff at the appropriate time. 2012, Oriole Park cannon yards. Orioles blow out the Red Sox 9-1. Chris Davis hits a two-run homer in the first. If that wasn't enough, Ryan Flaherty hit a grand slam in the first inning. Orioles up six run or six nothing. It's all that matters. Chris Tillman, one hitter through eight. Orioles win, 9-1. Tillman, 9-2. Kind of came out of nowhere. I don't even think he made the postseason roster, if I'm not mistaken. 2016. Rogers Center was the Sky Dome, now Rogers Center. Yunsu Kim, two-run homer, ninth inning. Orioles stunned the Blue Jays, 3-2. Brian Dunsing got the win. You win a bazillion dollars if you would have known that. Because I sure as hell did. Zach Britton got the save. as 47th. Trump bomb hit a homer in the 8th. The two teams would meet and they'd play in games. Ross Grimsley calls it. And Zach Britton didn't get off the bench. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, I think Buck Show Walter ever recovered from. is my personal opinion. 1969 NFL. Future League MVP Joe Cap threw seven touchdown passes against the Colts. And Don Shula. The Art Baltimore Colts. Old Metropolitan Stadium. 52 mm-hmm. to 14.
2: Yeah.
0: Colts got their pants pulled down. It spanked on national TV that mm-hmm. day. Seven touchdown passes. Think My dad about that. was
2: probably jumping up
0: and down. <laughs> Not sure it wasn't. <laughs> okay. 2014, MT Bank Stadium, Ravens, Carolina. This happened.
2: Flacco.
1: Got time. Lofting it up. Tip top. That is Steve
4: Smith Sr. for the touchdown. This is a nail. Hit him in a coffin. You're dead. Take your ass back to Carolina. Make sure you mow my lawn, too, while you're out there.
0: Steve Smith, senior, popping up. He caught two touchdown passes that day, 61-21. and 21. That was Greg Gumbel, CBS, on the call. Torrey Smith also, uh, actually also, I should say, hauled in a 24-yarder. Joe Flacco, uh, three TDs. Ravens spanked Carolina, and they went home and cut Steve's grass. It was 38-10 to 10 on this day nine years ago. Justin Forsett scored a touchdown that day. So did Lorenzo Talaferro. That was the Gary Kubiak year.
2: Uh, Forsett was a pro bowler.
0: Yes, he was. Yeah. Kind of a journeyman guy. Yeah. Lorenzo Talaferro, I believe, is no longer with us. And, you know, he on that day, he got himself a little pay dirt. But, yeah, Forsett bounced around. Kubiak yeah. comes in, makes the pro bowl. Yeah.
2: And then Kubiak went to Denver.
0: And won a Super Bowl. And I don't think they've had a winning season since, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but that's a them thing, not an us thing when we come back. Orioles have had a big-time winning season. They're going to win the division, hopefully, tonight. Mike Bordick, he'll be joining us, our colleague BBT. By the way, speaking of me and Mike and Nolan, will be at Pickles, 6 o'clock, for Baltimore Baseball tonight. Brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts, Funhouse 1145. And then news from the Nest coming up, top of the hour. Going to hear from Lamar. Going to hear from John Harbaugh. Looking ahead to the Browns.
1: Taking sports to a whole new level. 1057
2: The Fan.
0: Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. Total request Thursday. Pick the songs, we'll play them. Send your request via for text line. Sports 583 1057. Get your votes in. Featured Artist Friday. That's coming up in a couple of hours. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato, Orioles can win the East tonight with a win against Boston. First things first, we'll talk about what happened last night as they took another step towards the champagne taste. Baltimore baseball tonight, our colleague, brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts. He is in the Orioles Hall of Famer. Let's bring in on the WGK Law guest hotline, Mike Bordick. Bordy, what is up? Hey, not much, Bob. How are you today, man? Doing great. Appreciate the time as always. And you called it last night with Grayson Rodriguez as he came out there and was dealing especially early. So talk about his performance. The earned run average is among the best in the American League, along with Bradish and Cole, in the second half of the season. And he's become very stingy with the home runs. How did that change so dramatically from where he was in the first half of the season, where it was like he got paid for the home run?
4: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, well, first of all, it's not too hard to uh, pick a winner with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, This whole team is full of successful guys, and if I would have said, you know, picked another name, they probably would have come through. As a matter of fact, we talked about Adley Rutschman, I think, yesterday, and he had a huge game, so it's not too hard to uh, go wrong. Grayson Rodriguez has arrived to the major leagues and is a stud, period. He uh, made his adjustments. I think a lot of guys need to. Some guys learn at the major league level and take their lumps. Uh, The Orioles decided to send him back down to the minor leagues to just polish that Delivery, make it a little bit more consistent. um, And he took hold of that. He has locked in and become a dominant pitcher in Major League Baseball, not just a successful young right, you know, right arm, a a prospect for the Orioles. He's as dominant as anybody in the game right now. Uh, Live fastball, great breaking ball, incredible changeup as well. And his confidence is as high as it's probably been in his whole life. And I think so much of this game of baseball, Uh, Listen, the talent, there are minor separators in there. But if you got a little uh, confident chip on your shoulder and you feel good about what you're doing, you will have success. And Grayson Rodriguez feels that right now. I don't know that there's another team in baseball that can boast the one-two punch that the Orioles have in Braddish and Grayson Rodriguez. Um, Pretty exciting stuff for these two guys. They are peaking at the right time, and they've done it for – uh, arguably the whole second half of, of the season. So their consistency has been outstanding.
0: Now in the bullpen, Coulomb outstanding. and has been all year for the most part. Webb. Came in like a house of fire, scuffled a little bit, looked great last night. But what about Tyler Wells? Pitched two scoreless at Cleveland last Friday in a game the Orioles eventually lost, which sucked. But then came in last night as the Orioles were cruising, inning unscathed, two Ks in those three outs. We talk about the bullpen and this guy and how he's going to slot here and there. Where's Tyler Wells going to fit in? And he was their best starting pitcher in the first half of the season might he be maybe the most key reliever in October?
4: You know, it's funny you said that. He might end up being like a most valuable player because I think he's going to fill uh, versatile roles. You know, he may spot start a playoff game. You never know. But I'll tell you what, he's guaranteed to come in the middle of the game and maybe even the back end now that Brandon Hyde threw him back out there just to get his feet wet again in that closer role because uh, Batista is still a bit of a mystery. The back end of the bullpen is still a mystery. Tyler Wells has been there before, and he's had success there before. I think he feels comfortable. So Brandon Hyde isn't worried about that, him having to make an adjustment. He's just another weapon, I think, that the Orioles are going to use. And this, I think, postseason might be the most interesting as far as how the Orioles use their roster, use their bullpen, use their starters, the you know, aren't going to make the four-man rotation in the postseason. And it's kind of exciting because I think so many of these guys have had success that I think they're all willing to do whatever it takes and will fill in any role Brandon Hyde thinks they're going to be needed in to win the World Series. So uh, it's pretty exciting, and I think every one of these guys is kind of thriving on the opportunity to show what they can do in whatever role is needed in the postseason.
0: Mike Bordick, Oriole Hall of Famer. Joining us, Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Mike and I, along with Nolan McGraw, will be at Pickles tonight, 6 o'clock, for Baltimore Baseball Tonight, brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts. Birds trying to clinch the East. Talk about roles. We'll get to a position player, Jordan Westberg. Bordy, I'm assuming he'll play tonight because Sale left-hander on the Hill for Boston, but his role moving into October will be what? He gets lost in the shuffle of all these prospects we talk about. Even guys that aren't even here yet, the holidays, the Masayos, et cetera. But what about Jordan Westberg and his importance to the team over the next month or so,
4: hopefully? Well, I'm a huge fan of Westberg. As a matter of fact, I, I think when all is said and done, we're going to look up and say, wow, this guy had an uh, incredible major league career. I just feel like he's solid as ever. He's willing to do anything uh, for his manager and his teammates. Um, he, just looking at him, you can tell he's an incredible, you know, he tries. He puts in the effort on a nightly basis. He wants to be as good as he can possibly be. He falls in the same kind of uh, uh, suit as, as, as Gunnar and Adley as far as trying to make themselves as good as they can be uh, every day. Um, you know, I don't know that he's going to be the frontline guy. And I think really just to kind of go back to the beginning of what we were saying, I think it's all hands on deck and whatever role or whatever, you know, they feel like is going to have the best chance to win that night um, is what's going to happen. That's the way they've done it all season long. I mean, every night it's a different lineup and I, you know, the old school in me says, man, I think players love that kind of consistency to know that, okay, I'm going to be here tonight. Well, this team has bought into the fact that wherever you are, I mean, Austin Hayes led off last night, right? The night before, I think he was hitting seventh. So the ability to move around, put the best lineup in there possible, put the best position players in there possible to have a chance to win or at least the five innings of that ball game. And then, you know, the bench, and if Westberg's on the bench, I mean, that I think is the X factor for this team. They are so strong because every guy on the bench should be, a, could be a frontline guy. That's how much success they've all had. So it's a fun team to see because every guy has contributed, every guy has had success, and I think every guy is really trusted out there with their glove and wherever they play defensively. So it's really fun and a unique, I think, team uh, to follow. And how Westberg gets used, I think, is going to be just another interesting thing. But he will be a contributor. For sure, I think his defense has gotten better, to be honest with you. His double play turn looks as solid as I've ever seen it. Um, and he has the versatility to play third base as well. So, yeah, I'm on Westberg, and I think he'll make an impact uh, this postseason. Hey, Bordy, I don't know if you were
2: ever in the situation, you probably were, where you clinch. I'm guessing they're going to clinch tonight or tomorrow, you know, and then they got basically, what, about 10 days off. How would, how would you handle it? as a player with, those, with that time
4: off? Oh, my gosh. It's like the hardest thing in the world. First of all, the days are the longest days you'd ever want to be a part of because you just want to jump in, right, and get this thing going and, and hoist the World Series trophy. So, you know, the time that the Orioles are going to have off after they win the East, it, it's going to feel like an eternity. And they have got to really uh, manage this correctly, to keep an intensity, Uh, They'll probably have some inter-squad games. Guys will be facing some of their own pitchers, which is really hard to do. I mean, because you got to jack up your intensity. And if you you only put half-heart into it, you're not going to get a lot out of it. So to be able to manage that and try to get the most out of it, because to be able to take that much time off, I think it's kind of a shock to the baseball system. The longest and hardest break for a team is then the all-star break. If you're not in the all-star game, you got four days and you're not doing anything. And I and for a lot of us, it was hard to come back and just uh, establish that routine again. And I think that's going to be the hardest thing for this team to to really overcome is to keep that intensity because they've got a great wave. They've had a great wave of intensity now for a year and a half, where uh, you know I think teams are scared to play against them. They do so many things well, and and the Orioles really got to find a way to to keep that intensity up. And it's going to be a challenge for dang near two weeks.
2: Hey, Bordy, I, I don't know if you were ever in this situation where, like, Tampa's playing Toronto, and more than likely they're going to be playing each other, what, you uh, know, uh, another week again, and this time in the playoffs. Do you handle it differently? I mean, because the Ravens and the Bengals were in the same situation last year where last game of the season they played the Bengals, and then the first playoff game they played the Bengals.
4: Yeah. No, It's it's tough, right? It's tricky. I mean, listen – I think these guys are really familiar, even with the new format, familiar with each other in the American League East. Uh, There really aren't any secrets, but I will say this. Something that will show up in the postseason, when one of our guys whistles a line drive, or one of their guys whistles a line drive, and for some reason there's a guy standing right there and just takes a base hit what looks like a double or something away from one of these hitters, it's the defensive positioning becomes so ultra-focused. I mean. Guys are going to look up, and they are going to be guys playing where they didn't expect them to be. Uh, the tendencies are just going to be more fine-tuned. It's going to be harder to get hits. So uh, I, I think those are the things that are going to be fun to watch, uh, really how precise they are defensively, making subtle adjustments along the way, because it really is. It becomes a game of inches, and, and one inch can determine whether or not you, you go to the World Series or you don't.
0: He's Mike Bordick, Oriole Hall of Famer. We'll get uh, familiar with each other again. Well, you and Nolan McGraw, you can reconnect tonight at 6 o'clock, Bordy, with Baltimore Baseball tonight brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts Live from Pickle. See you later.
2: Thanks, Bordy. Right, sounds good, good stuff, right, man. Buddy. Yep. There See he is. You,
0: uh, Mike Bordick, everybody. We'll come back. Fun house. Nolan McGraw. News from the Nets. Going to hear from John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. Buy or sell. Where's the late week money? We'll find out at 1215. And Melissa Kim's going to be joining us. Talk about the matchup here with the Cleveland Browns as the Ravens coming off a uh, frustrating loss to the Indianapolis Colts. And we'll break down the Ravens' defense film study-wise at 1245.
2: At the stadium, Vinny schmoozes in luxury suites. From
1: the left, dear, one serves from the left. Whatever's gotten into you,
2: Calpernia? Haney, post up in the bleachers.
1: You're off, Curtin! I love
2: you! The only place to catch Vinny and Haney together is on 1057 The Fan.
0: News for the Nets coming up in a few. We're going to hear from John Harbaugh, Ravens head coach. Lamar Jackson met with the media yesterday. Stay tuned for that. Orioles can win the American League East tonight with a win over the Boston Red Sox. Dean Kramer against Chris Sale. We just talked to Mike Bordick. We'll be down at Pickles tonight at 6 for Baltimore Baseball tonight. Brought to you by Salvo Auto Parts. Come on down. Next to last Pickles show before the playoffs because if things go according to What they think, what we think, Orioles are going to win the East. Mm -hmm. We, us, the fan, won't be back at Pickles again unless there's a game five of the ALDS. Because the Orioles won't be in the wild card. The first two ALDS games will be Saturday, Sunday, which we won't do. Not my decision, it's just the way it is, you know what I'm saying? And then we'll have a BBT live from the studio for Game 3 on October the 10th. So come on down and say hi to us at Pickles because we're not going to be there for a while, it seems. But the Orioles are going to the playoffs, and that's all that matters, and they can win the East for the first time since 2014. Nolan's going to be
5: there. Nolan, you were at the game last night. What was that atmosphere like for you? It was great, although I have to admit, and you can revoke my fan card, I did leave early, full disclosure. Once the Rays beat Boston, and I was watching the out-of-town scoreboard more than the game itself, it seemed. Uh, I was like, I got to get ahead of this. Get on the light rail. Get out of here. Get home at a reasonable hour. Plus, it was a little chilly, but don't tell Mike Bordick I said
0: Yeah, because Bordy offered you uh, a shirt to keep you warm. So you sat up in the uh, upper reaches of uh, Camden Yards with a t shirt. It was a polo. I but mean, you were freezing. No, it was chilly. It was brisk. Well, you know, they've got uh, the Oreo store there. You can buy any.
2: It costs money, though, right? Well, I bought, a,
5: I got myself finally a City Connect hat. <laughs> Oh, the, the adjustable back. They didn't sell them online or they ran out, so I had to get one in store. Oh, fair enough. Oh, by the way, I bought one of those for the playoffs, the
0: home hat. Still haven't gotten it yet. It's
2: been it over a week. $27.99.
0: $27.99. No. It's like $44. Yeah. Mine, mine was $40 <laughs> yeah, last it was shipping. Yeah, 27 dollars that was That's so 2010. But I was supposed to get it, and I am going to complain a little bit, not that the Orioles have anything to do with it. But I was supposed to get it on the 26th, which was two days ago. They pushed the estimated delivery date to October the 5th. Damn. Yes, what the hell? That's
5: pushing it a little close.
0: Yeah, I want to be wearing it when they play their first game. Well, now they really got to win the division. Well, let's pick up the pace. October the 5th, I'll be watching Anthony Jeselnik down at the Lyric with my wife. Have a little fun with some comedy. If you've never heard Anthony Jeselnik, YouTube him. And then you're going to go, Bob, thank you for that. Thank you. You will thank me later. Like this one. Let's go to the Funhouse. Giving thanks to no
1: Quick Draws,
2: Funhouse. <laughs> The rudeness, Tuness text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake. Sponsored by the Smile Design Center. Changing the way you feel about dentistry one smile at a time. For information or to schedule an appointment for care, give them a call today. 443-348-8812. I like that quick straw. 1057 The Fan.
5: Just a couple here. First one says, absolutely, you ride the hot hand when it comes to pitching in the playoffs. Uh, Kramer can pitch well tonight, make it a tough decision, but honestly, I think Hyde's mind might already be made up, plus Gibson has veteran seniority. But Gibson is a guy that barely sniffed the mound in the playoffs last year for the Phillies, but he's
0: been pitching well as of late. We talk about how great Means was on Saturday, and he was great, but Kyle Gibson was outstanding Sunday to even that series. If you don't make the rotation, you're still pitching, and you're going to have a very prominent role in the postseason because it's not about feelings in the playoffs. It's about winning, and it's all hands on deck.
5: Another one here says the Orioles will get the job done tonight. If anything, they should punish the Red Sox for not putting up a fight against the Rays the past few games. I hope they blow them out, and it's a celebration from start to finish. Well, They were losing 7 nothing the other day and cut it to 7-6, so they kind of tried. Eh,
0: Last night, they went rather quietly. But Orioles got to worry about handling their own business. They've lit up Chris Sale here, and maybe they'll do the same with Ryan Mountcastle back in
5: the line. And now we do have a little housekeeping to do here on the fan. Yesterday, more important things to get to, but we forgot it was Wise Wednesday. Uh But we'll do a belated Wise Thursday here. no doubt. It's all the same. A $25 Wise Markets gift card, courtesy of Wise. We'll give it away right now, and you got to be really fast. The Orioles' magic number is one. I want caller number one. Start dialing. 410-583-1057.
0: News for the Nets coming up next by sell twelve fifteen. Melissa Kim, talk Ravens and Browns with her at 12-30. And then we'll look at the uh, Ravens defensively on film. Were they good? Were they bad? Were they indifferent? You'll find out later.